very welcome to the Can Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature, and wellness. And our saying here is that, and our mission is to help each other help us all. And if anybody would like to get in contact with Can Projects, you can email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com or you can find us over on Twitter at canprojects1. That's C-A-N Projects 1. Welcome back to the Can Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature and wellness. And I'm your host, Shane McKay, and we've got a lovely, lovely show with another reading from Chris Sneed, The Wind of the Willows. Welcome back. The Wind and the Willows by Kenneth Graham. We'll pick up where we left off. Boating is played out. He's tired of it and done with it. I wonder what new fad he's taken up now. Come along, let's look him up. We shall hear all about it quite soon enough. They disembarked and strolled across gay flower-decked lawns in search of Toad, whom they presently happened upon, resting in a wicker garden chair with a preoccupied expression of face and a large map spread out on his knees. Hooray! he cried, jumping up on seeing them. This is splendid! He shook the paws of both of them warmly, never waiting for an introduction to the mole. How kind of you, he went on, dancing round them. I was just going to send a boat down the river for you, Ratty, with strict orders that you were to be fetched hip here at once. Whatever you were doing, I want you badly, both of you. Now what will you take? Come inside and have something. You don't know how lucky it is you're turning up just now. Let's sit quietly a bit, Toady, said the rat, throwing himself into an easy chair. Well, the mole took another by the side of him and made some civil remark about Toad's delightful residence. Finest home on the river, cried Toad boisterously. Or anywhere else for that matter, he could not help adding. Here the rat nudged mole. Unfortunately, the toad saw him do it and turned very red. There was a moment's painful silence. Then Toad burst out laughing. All right, Ratty, he said. It's only my way, you know. And it's such... It's not such a very bad home, is it? You know you rather like it yourself. Now look here, let's be sensible. You are the very animals I wanted. You've got to help me, it's most important. Is it about your rowing, I suppose, said the rat, with an innocent air. You're getting on fairly well, though you splash a good bit still, with a great deal of patience and any quantity of coaching you may... Oh, poo boating, interrupted the toad, in great disgust. Silly boyish amusement. I've given that up long ago. Sheer waste of time, that's what it is. 
It makes me downright sorry to see you fellows who ought to know better spending all your energies in that aimless manner. No, I've discovered the real thing. The only genuine occupation for a lifetime. I propose to devote the remainder of mine to it. I can only regret the wasted years that lie behind me squandered in trivialities. Come with me, dear Ratty. And your amiable friend also, if we'll be so very good. Just as far as the stable's yard, and you shall see what you shall see. He led the way to the stable yard accordingly. The rat followed with a most mistrustful expression. And there, drawn out on the coach house in, into the open, they saw a gypsy caravan shining with newness, painted a canary yellow, picked out with green, its wheels were red. There you are, cried the toad, straddling and expanding himself. There's real life for you, embodied in that little cart. The open roads, the dusty highway, the heath, the common, the hedgerows, the rolling downs, camps, villages, towns, cities, here today, up and off to somewhere else tomorrow, travel, change, interest, excitement. The whole world before you, and a horizon that's always changing. And mind, this is the very finest cart of its sort that there ever was built, without any exceptions. Come inside and look at the arrangements. Planned them all myself, I did. The mole was tremendously interested and excited, and followed him up eagerly to the steps, and into the interior of the caravan. The rat only snorted, thrust his hands deep into his pockets, remaining where he was. It was indeed a very compact and comfortable little sleeping bunk. Little sleeping bunks, a little table it folded up against the wall, a cooking stove, lockers, bookshelves, a bird cage with a bird in it, and pots, pans, jugs, and kettles of every size and variety. All complete, said the toad triumphantly, pulling open a locker. You see, biscuits, potted lobster, sardines, everything you could possibly want. Soda water, backy there, letter paper, bacon, jam, cards and dominoes you'll find. He continued as they descended the steps again. You'll find that nothing whatsoever has been forgotten. When we make our start this afternoon. I beg your pardon, said the rat slowly, as he chewed a straw. But I overhear you say something about we, and start, and this afternoon. No, you dear good old ratty, said the toad imploringly. Don't begin talking in that stiff, sniffy way, sort of way, because you know you've got to come. I can't possibly manage without you, so please consider it settled and don't argue. It's the one thing I can't stand. You surely don't mean to stick to your dull, fussy old river all your life and just live in a hole in the bank and the boat. I want to show you the world. I'm going to make an animal of you, my boy. I don't care, said the rat doggedly. I'm not coming, and that's flat. And I'm going to stick to my old river and live in a hole and a boat, as I've always done. And what's more, Mole's going to stick to me and do as I do, aren't you, Mole? Of, of course I am, said the Mole loyally. I'll always stick to you, Rat. And what you say is to be, has got to be. All the same, it sounds as if it might have been, well, rather fun. You know, he added wistfully. Poor Mole, the life adventurous was new, so new a thing to him. 
And so thrilled was he to explore. And this fresh aspect of it was so tempting that he had fallen in love at first sight with the canary-coloured cart and all its little fitments. The rat saw what was passing in his mind and wavered. He hated disappointing people. He was fond of them all and would do almost anything to oblige him. Toad was watching both of them very carefully. Come along in and have some lunch, he said diplomatically, and we'll talk it over. We needn't decide anything in a hurry. Of course, I don't really care. I only want to give you, give pleasure to you fellows. Live for others. That's my motto in life. During luncheon, which was an excellent, of course, as everything at Toad Hall always was, the Toad simply let himself go. Disregarding the rat, he proceeded to play upon the inexperienced mole as on a harp. Naturally a voluble animal and always mastered by his imagination, he painted the prospects of this trip, the joys of the open life and the roadside in such glowing colours that Mole could hardly sit in his chair for excitement. Okay, we'll take a little break here for a second and I'll be back to you shortly. And you're very welcome to the Can Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature and wellness. And if you'd like to get in touch with Can Projects, you can email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com. And please, if you can, remember to help each other, help us all. Welcome back. Somehow it soon seemed taken for granted by all three of them that the trip was a settled thing. And Rat, though still unconvinced in his mind, allowed his good nature to override his personal objections. He could not bear to disappoint his two friends, who were already deep in schemes and anticipation, planning out each day's separate occupation for several weeks ahead. When they were quite, quite ready, the now triumphant Toad led his companions to the paddock and set them to capture the old grey horse, who was having been who, without having been consulted, and to his own extreme annoyance, had been told off by Toad for the dustiest job in this dusty expedition. He frankly preferred the paddock, and took a deal of catching. Meantime, Toad packed the lockers still tighter with necessities, and hung nose bags, nets of onions, bundles of hay, and baskets from the bottom of the cart. At last a horse was caught and harnessed, and they set off, all talking at once. Each animal either trudged by the side of the cart, or sitting on the shaft, as the humour took him. It was a golden afternoon, the smell of the dust they kicked up was rich and satisfying. Out of thick orchids on either side of the road, birds called and whistled to them cheerily. Good-natured wayfarers, passing them, gave them good day or stopped to say nice things about their beautiful cart, and rabbits sitting at their front doors in the hedgerows held up their forepaws and said, Oh my, oh my, oh my. Late in the evening, tired and happy and miles from home, they drew up in a remote common far from habitation, turned the horse loose to graze, and ate their simple supper, sitting on the grass by the side of the cart. Toad talked big, about all he was going to do in the days to come, 
while stars grew fuller and larger all around them, and the yellow moon appearing suddenly and silently from nowhere in particular, came to keep them company and listen to their talk. At last they turned into their little bunks in the cart, and Toad, kicking out his legs, sleepily said, Well, good night to you fellows. This is the real life for a gentleman. Talk about your old river. I don't talk about my river, replied replied Rat patiently. You know I don't, Toad. But I think about it, he added pathetically in a lower tone. I think about it all the time. The mole reached out under his blanket, felt for the rat's paw in the darkness and gave it a squeeze. I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever you like, Ratty, he whispered. Shall we run away tomorrow morning quite early, very early, and go back into our old dear hole in the riverside? No, 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 no. We'll see it out, whispered the rat. Thanks awfully, but I ought to stick by Toad till this trip is ended. It wouldn't be safe for him to be left to himself. It won't take very long. His fads never do. Good night. The end was ne- indeed nearer than the rat expected. After so much open air and excitement, the toad slept very soundly, and no amount of shaking could rouse him out of it, out of it, and out of bed next morning. So the mole and the rat turned too quietly and manfully, and while the rat saw to the horse and lit a fire, and cleaned last, last night's cups and platters and got ready for breakfast. The mole trudged off to the nearest village, a long way off, milk and eggs and various necessities the toad had, of course, forgotten to provide. The hard work had all been done, and the two animals were resting, thoroughly exhausted by the time toad appeared on the scene, fresh and gay, remarking what a pleasant, easy life it was they were all leading now, after all the cares and worries and fatigues of housekeeping at home. They had a pleasant ramble that day over grassy downs and along narrow by-lanes and camped as before on a common. Only this time the two guests took care that Toad should do his fair share of the work. In consequence, when the time came for starting the next morning, Toad was by no means so rapturous about the simplicity of the primitive life and indeed attempted to resume his place in his bunk, whence whence he was hauled by force. Their way lay, as before, across the country by narrow lanes, and it was not till the afternoon that they came out on the high road, the first high road, and their disaster. Fleet and unforeseen sprang out onto them. Disaster momentous indeed to their expedition, but simply overwhelming in its effect on the aftercare career of Toad. They were strolling along the high road easily, the mole by the horse's head, talking to him, since the horse had complained that he was being frightfully left out of it, and nobody considered him in the least, the toad and the water rat walking behind the cart, talking together. At least toad was talking, and rat was saying at intervals, yes, precisely, and what did you say to him? And thinking all the time of something very different, when far behind them they heard a faint, warring hum, like the drone of a distant bee. Glancing back, they saw a small cloud of dust, with a dark centre of energy advancing on them at incredible speed, while from out of the dust a faint poop-poop wailed like an uneasy animal in pain. Hardly regarding it, they turned to resume their conversation, when in an instant, as it seemed, 
the peaceful scene was changed, and with a blast of wind and a whirl of sound that made them jump for the nearest ditch, it was on them. The poop poop rang with a brazen shout in their ears. They had a moment's glimpse of an interior of glittering plate glass and rich Morocco and a magnificent motor car, immense, breath-snatching, passionate, with its pilot tense and hugging the wheel, possessed all earth and air for a fraction of a second, flung an enveloping cloud of dust that blinded and enwrapped them utterly, and then dwindled to a speck in the far distance, changing back into a droning bee once more, the old grey horse dreaming as he plodded along of his quiet paddock, in new raw in a new raw situation such as this, simply abandoned himself to his natural emotions, rearing, plunging, backing steadily in spite of all of Mole's efforts at his head, and all the Mole's lively language directed at his better feelings. He drove the cart backwards towards a deep ditch at the side of the road. It wavered an instant. Then there was a heart-rending crash, and the canary-coloured carts, their pride and joy, lay on its side in the ditch. In an, irrede- in an irredeemable wreck. The rat danced up and down in the road, simply transported with passion. You villains, he shouted, shaking both fists. You scoundrels, you highwaymen, you, you, you road hogs. I'll have the law on you. I'll report you. I'll take you through to all the courts. His homesickness had quite slipped away from him. And for the moment, he was the skipper of the canary-coloured be- vessel driven on the shoal by the reckless jockeying of of rival mariners, and he was trying to recollect all the fine and biting things he used to say to masters of steam launches when their wash, as they drove too near the bank, used to flood his parlour carpet at home. Toad sat straight down in the middle of the dusty road, his legs stretched out before him, and stared fixedly in the direction of the disappearing motor car. He breathed short, his face wore a placid, satisfied expression, and at intervals he faintly murmured, Poop, poop. The mole was busy trying to quiet the horse, which he succeeded in doing after a time. Then he went to look at the cart on its side in the ditch. It was indeed a sorry sight. Panels and windows smashed, axles hopelessly bent. One wheel off, sardine tins scattered over the wide world, and the bird in the cage sobbing pitifully and calling out to be let out. The rat came to help him, but their united efforts were not sufficient to right the cart. Hi, Toad, they cried. Come and bear a hand, can you? The Toad never answered a word, or budged from the seat in the road, so they went to him to see what the matter was. They found him in a sort of trance, a happy smile on his face his eyes still fixed on the dusty wake of the destroyer. An interval, he was still heard to murmur, Poop, poop. The rat shook him by the shoulder. Are you coming to help us, Toad? He demanded sternly. Glorious sight, murmured the Toad, never, never offering to move. The poetry of motion, the real way to travel, the only way to travel. Here today, in next week, tomorrow, the villages skipped, towns and cities jumped. Always somebody else's horizon. Oh, bliss. Oh, poop, poop. Oh, my, oh, my. Oh, stop being an ass, Toad, cried the mole despairingly. 
And to think I never knew, went on the toad in a dreamy monotone. All the years wasted that lie behind me, I never knew, never dreamt. But now that I know, now that I fully realize, oh, what a flowery track lies spread before me henceforth. What dust clouds shall spring up behind me as I speed my, on my reckless way. What carts I shall fling carelessly into ditches in the wake of my magnificent onset. Horrid little carts, common carts, canary-coloured carts. We'll stop there again. That's great, Chris. Thanks so much for reading this. So, everybody, Bye. listen, keep well. And as we like to say around here... Help each other, help us all. Thank you.